Hello, I'm Ian Cheeseman and this is the Forever Blue podcast. Thanks very much for joining us tonight as we look back on City's season as well as the exit, of course, from the Champions League at the hands of Lyon. There's so many things to look forward to in this, this podcast. Individual players, discussion on Pep's future, etc, etc. I'll just point you towards another podcast I did a couple of days ago, which was from the members of City Matters, which is the committee of fans that talk to the club. And that that whole podcast was about the uh, return of fans, when it'll happen, how it'll happen. Um, so have a listen to that one. Uh, it's still very, very relevant. Uh, thanks very much to charleslouis.co.uk, who are Chartered Mortgage Advisors, who are the sponsors of this podcast. And if you have any questions or queries about uh, mortgages, either for yourself or your family, friends or for your company, then try out charleslouis.co.uk. Now, in this podcast, I'm delighted to say that later on, we'll be hearing from Rodney Marsh, former City player. And to begin with, we have Peter Barnes with us. Uh, Peter, of course, um, well, uh, I I said this about a lot of players, but undoubtedly one of my absolute all-time greats, a player who I loved watching fly down the wing and uh, sat alongside me as a co-commentator on many occasions as well. So, Peter, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Pleasure to be also got Harlan with us today, and later on there'll be other guests too. So, Peter, um, let me start by asking you the obvious question, which is, what, in your opinion, was wrong with City's performance in the defeat against Lyon? Yeah, I mean, I think we started well enough, Ian, but I think from day one, when I saw the, the, the lineup and the team, the, the team selection, I was, I, was, I was amazed. I just think, you know, as much as Pep is one of the best coaches in the world, um, and he's done wonderfully well for Manchester City. I just found this game, you know, anybody would have loved this draw against Lyon. Um, not, the, not the strongest team left in, in the Champions League. And I just thought the formation was wrong. I think, um, for me, it's, football is all about opinions, Ian. I'm sure you speak to people every day of the week. It's all about opinions, football. But um, I would have gone for me also attacking-minded side. I would have, you, you know, how you, you can leave the two silvers on the bench and even young Phil Foden for me. Um, you know, it's not as though we're playing Bayern Munich or, or you know, or, or all the stronger teams in the Champions League. We're playing Lyon. And for me, you, you've got to play, start with David Silva. You've got to start with, um, with probably Mahrez on the wing. You need width. And, but you've probably got to start with with Bernardo Silva, if you're not Mares, then not, or certainly, you know, Phil Foden's got to play a part. I just found that we we maybe gave too much respect to, to Leon rather than saying, in my day, it was pick your strongest team, go and try and win the game, get one or two goals up. Then when you get tired, bring your, your, your star players up or try and get, play, start with your best team in, you know, and I just don't think, I was amazed at the, the midfield he, he selected, you know, back four was all right. You know, you're Sterling, you know what you're going to get from Raheem and, and, and Jesus. But the midfield, to me, was was very counterproductive. Was the reason that the midfield wasn't right because of the changes he made at the back? Because he went with a back three, let's face yeah. it. He played Fernandinho with Laporte and Eric Garcia. Now, I'm a big Fernandinho fan. Um, Eric Garcia, I think, is a, is a rising prospect who I'm very excited about watching. But to play a kid like that in such a big game, and especially just a week after Pep himself revealed at a press conference that Garcia would not commit beyond next season and therefore didn't have a long-term future at the club, um, that, that surprised me, really surprised me. And then having not played Fernandinho in the back line for a little while, suddenly we saw him play in, in the back line against Madrid and then start on the right-hand side of a three yeah, that, that just puzzled me. Did it puzzle you? I, mean, I think it puzzled, puzzled every other City fan out there, not just myself. But yeah, it did puzzle me. I mean, Fernandinho, when he's had to play at the back, he's done great with his experience and his his tackling ability and defensive ability. And you're quite right, Ian, to bring Garcia in, who, who has got talent, but is is, is renowned. It's renowned, and, and you know, two weeks from the press, he wants away, and uh, to throw him in there for that game, that for me, that was the first mistake. And then just to look at the midfield as well, you know, they're all, he's got two or three holding midfield players and defenders who are not going to go past people. Haven't got the creative brilliance of David Silva, Bernardo Silva, 
Mara's and young Phil Foden for me, you know, he's not frightened anymore. He comes in the team, he's got he's full of confidence. You know, you, you've got to play your, your most attacking minded players. And it, it looked to me, Kevin De Bruyne got fed up. The longer the game went on, I could see his, his body language. He wasn't with it. He thought, what's this? You know, why are we playing so defensive against Leon? There was no, apart from Sterling and maybe um, Jesus, who got a bit of the ball, you know, we, we, I thought we started the game very well the first 20 minutes, 25, but. But as the game went on, you could see there was a lack of creativity in getting out the Leon's back four. And I think um, no balls coming in from wide positions. Um, but I just think that, to me, it's just my opinion. You know, I just think we're too, uh, we're too defensive minded in midfield. We'll come on to how this can be corrected in a moment or two. And then I'll bring Harlan in a second. But on the game itself... Um, City didn't create that many opportunities. Um, and, you know, City fans have said, well, you know, we'll always score goals. The fact is that they scored one. And Kevin De Bruyne, quite understandably and correctly, in my opinion, got the Premier League Player of the Year award yeah. uh, today, you know, when we were recording the podcast. But it did feel to me as if uh, he was trying to play them on, the, on his own. You've alluded to that already at times. I mean, when he took corners and free kicks, he was, he was going, going for goal because... Maybe, I don't know. He was thinking, well, there isn't much else. What do I aim for? You know, there wasn't, wasn't I just, I, I sense the same frustration in De Bruyne that you did. Yeah, and I, I missed the interview with him. I was at this course, I turned to get, I, I didn't wait for the comments from the players and, you know, the, 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 the panel, uh, the panel after the game talking about it. I just turned it over. I turned the television on, I turned the, the side over. So I was at my sister's earlier and she said, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, his interview after the game, he didn't come over very well. He looked, you could see he was frustrated uh, with the performance and, uh, you know, he was eluded to say, yeah, someone came on and done all right. Yeah, he says, yeah, helped. But you could see he was totally frustrated, apparently in his interview after the game, that he wasn't happy with the uh, the system that we we picked, we picked, to, picked to, to play them. However, and this is, this is you, you played in, in lots of different teams, different clubs, actually, Peter. And I suppose one of the things that, as a fan, I always look for is character in players. And it feels to me as if there's a lack of character in the City team. Now, I'm not having a go at people, per se, but when you think of Vincent Company, you think of a huge character and personality. Pablo Zabaleta, huge personality. Yaya was a quieter player, but he imposed himself on a game when he needed yeah. to. And, and now it feels as if we're lacking players like that. I mean, you... you you know how important those personalities are from when you were playing, don't you? Absolutely. We had probably five or six in my team, even maybe more characters when the chips were down. They'd shout across the park and we'd all get together. Yeah, I don't think it's Manchester City. I think it's, it's football in general, even in the Premier League. I think there's a lack of leaders, captains, um, because there's probably so many international players playing football today. They speak seven or eight different languages in your team. But you, you get, you're dead right. I mean, we haven't, we haven't replaced Vinny for me. You know, you need a leader, a captain that's going to take the mantle on and get the players round you at half-time. If it's not going right, he pulls them in and has a go, you know, and, and once more, you know, um, they've got one for me at Liverpool, who's not, to me, he's not, not, you know, he's had a good season. But, um, you know, even though he's a poor man, Stephen Gerrard, you know, um, he's done very well because he's a leader and, and players respect him and he gets the best out of people. That is what you do need. And probably we are a little bit quiet. We, we, we show our strengths in the way we play football, which is great. And we keep possession. And we, we've got some of the best, when we play football the right way, we play the best football in the country for me. Um, and some, some of the best football in Europe. But we are probably a little bit quiet. Uh, Ian, you're quite right. And we need a few more leaders. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne now, you know, is he going to be the new captain for next season? He's got to take that mantle on. But also he needs help. You know, uh, you know I saw Barca the night. It was, a, it was a disaster, Barcelona against Bayern. And you could see Messi's, him, even Messi's um, body language. He's gone. I think he's looked around that team. You know, they haven't got Xavi anymore. Um, and Iniesta, a great team they were two or three years ago. They're not the Barcelona of old. I mean, I'll take him nothing away from the great Bayern Munich performance. But Barca, to me, would, you know, look around them players. They all threw the towel in some of them. And I think... Messi must have looked around that team and thought, well, this is nowhere near the Barcelona team I played in two or three years ago. And um, I think it's changing times for us. I mean, we do miss Aguero. We've missed him since his injury. And 
I appreciate that the, the game, there's nobody in the crowd, but of course it's the same for both teams. There's no atmosphere without, without the fans, unfortunately. But you've just got to get on with it. And, and um, I just think you've got to give it your best shot, Ian. I mean, we know Pep's a, a great coach. And I just, I think it must have fathomed loads of City fans last night how we approach the game without your most creative players at the end of the day. You've heard what Peter's had to say there, Highland. What, what do you want to add to all that? Yeah, I think Peter's made some really good points, Ian. Um, for me, you know, I was emotional after the game last night. As soon as I saw the team sheet, obviously, like Peter said, I'm sure, you, well, you said to me off air as well last night that you were as well. It's a bit spooked by, by why he'd gone the way he'd gone. Then when I realised it was obviously a back three, back five when we're defending, I almost thought it was a bit bit defensive and, and, and I maybe wouldn't have done that against Leon myself, but I can see why he tried to do it. Um, wanted to nullify Corney. Um, obviously, he was play acting all game anyway, and he was he was just so negative last night. It was unbelievable. But um, we were we were he wanted to stop them them runs into the channels, and he was he was trying to nullify them. And in the end, it almost kind of almost kind of went the opposite way. Really, it almost kind of played into their hands um, in a way. I, I, I think now I've had time to think about it, and I was very emotive last night. And you, you know, I, I, I tried not to be reactionary. I tried to think about it because I know that after a game like that, feeling as low as you do, it's easy to start lashing out and calling people and criticizing people and saying things that you that you might otherwise listen back to and wish you'd taken back because in a couple of years' time you might regret what you've said. But I, um, I, I, I just think it's important for people to remember that 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 the. You know, nowadays managers and coaches. I, I mean, you know, you know more than me, Peter, about managers. Managers when you were playing, but managers don't pick a team on the night of the match. You know, this team would have been picked three or four days ago, and they've been training in Lisbon all week. So, the players in the squad that were picked last night and that were in the starting eleven knew exactly what Pep was expecting of them, playing that system and playing that style and and, and being the personnel on the pitch. So for me, I do almost believe that the players should take on some more responsibility instead of leaving Pep to take the flack for the team selection because they've been training in that style, they've been training that way. You know, Pep's not like, you know, no offence because I've played in Sunday League and Saturday League teams, but um, it's not like the manager to turn up with a steak bacon in his mouth writing his team sheet on the bonnet, is it? On the, ma on, on the, on the, on the, on the match day. You know, he, he's going to have spoken through this team. He's going to have done a brief before the match, speaking through how, how he wants them to 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 to, to adapt to Leon's um, style of play and how he wants them to be, you know, be deployed and how he wants them to act on the pitch. So for me, they had all the instructions needed, um, and they just maybe didn't carry them out the way that he wanted them to. Granted, still very defensive and cautious, but there was a reason why he did it, and it could have easily gone the other way. At one all, if we'd have scored and gone two one up. Or if we'd have equalised at two all and took it to extra time, we might have gone on and scored two, three, four, and five goals. And then everybody's saying that his team selection was a bit poor, but it was a masterclass and it was a masterstroke what we did in extra time. It's one of them things, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's if it goes for you, it goes for you. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But as far as I'm concerned, I think if we're to blame anyone, you blame Pep for the team selection um, that he picked days before the match. And if you want to share the blame with the players, then then then. You know, pinpoint the players and say, "Well, maybe you didn't you didn't deploy yourselves the way that you were asked to." What do you think, Pete? I mean, obviously, yeah. Pep's getting a lot of stick, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I know where you're coming from. In my day, you know, even though sometimes managers pick teams, you thought, oh, "I can't believe he's left out the side," and there was nobody really questioning the coaches. Um, in my day, you didn't question the manager; he picked the team. That was it. You thought, "Well." I'm surprised he's done that because, of course, in my day, he only had one sub anyway. But um, I just think, yeah, players have got to stand up, maybe more so today than ever. They say, look, look this ain't going to work. We need them. You know, you could say, it's not really the dumb thing to go to the coach here. Why is David playing? Why isn't Bernardo Silva playing? Omar, is that why? They, you know, I think we gave them too much respect. I mean, they've lost five out of seven league games, apparently, on before, before last night's game. What the fifth, sixth in the in the table, in the French league, not doing great lately, and you know we've got now to fear. You, when you get to this far, the quarterfinals, the Champions League, you play your strengths, and our strengths are playing attacking football with great players on the park. You pick your strongest team. You're going to come in at halftime, maybe one or two nil up, and then and then you take your best players off with half an hour to go, and put your Rodri's on, or put your 
put your, your Gundogan on and to, to keep it tight in midfield and work hard to stop any creativity coming from them. But you've got to start with your best team. And I don't think we started with our best team last night. Where does, where does City go from here now, Pete? You know, obviously, there's a lot of ill will at the moment from City fans, disillusionment. I mean, the simple fact is that uh, now that the season's over, um, City won the League Cup. You can have the charity shield into that if you want, but really yeah. they won the League Cup. They got beaten by Arsenal in the semi-finals of the FA Cup at Wembley, a team you would expect City to beat. They got beat by Leon in Champions League semi-final, a team you'd expect them to beat. And they uh, were a long way behind Liverpool in the Premier League. Yeah. And a lot of City fans and fans around the world have said, Pep will never win the, the Champions League again. He only did it because he had Messi at Barca. And he's failed with Bayern Munich and he's failed with City. Um, is, it, is it time, as some are saying, for, for, for Pep to move on and City to move on? Or given the enjoyment that we've had and the pleasure we've had, and, and I, for one, have absolutely loved it and, and idolised Pep Guardiola, do we just say, right, let him rebuild? And if the point is that he's rebuilding, he's got to commit to a new contract, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, everything's about timing. I think when he came to City, you know, we already had good players. And let's be honest, you know, he's, he's, he's up there with the best in the world as coaches go. But I think also you look at City this season, Ian, um, before uh, the coronavirus, uh, the Etienne, we can overplay at times. And there's games, but certainly Europe matches, I was at games every home game. You get to the penalty area, they're going square, back, back to the goalkeeper. Sometimes we overplay. Well, it might be a little, we should play a little bit, a touch of them down the road, these lengths, get the ball forward quick, push on quick, get down the wings, get balls in the box and make things happen. We sometimes let the teams get back behind, 10 men behind the ball at times. It's not always easy to break down, as you know. But we go square, back, down the line, back to the keeper. You know, we go back 75 yards before, before we come forward again. It's all right keeping possession, but sometimes the Premier League, because our game is much quicker than the Spanish game and, and, and the Italian game, much much more direct. Sometimes you have to get it forward quickly. And I think sometimes we overplay. It's all right keeping possession, but you've got to hurt people. And that top third, when you have to win games, you have to hurt people where it's quick feet, player one, two, get a shot in. Sometimes we try and walk it in here. I'm sure you've seen games where we try to walk the game, the ball in the net. Football isn't like that. Well, I think so having talking... said all that, Peter, you know, you're, you're, you're talking, I suppose, about a plan B or another yeah. way of playing. Are you at the point, and it's up to you, you answer this however you want, are you at the point, you, not what other people think, are you at the point where either Pep goes or he has to drastically change? And what, what do you want to happen? I think drastically change. I, th I think he has to change his coaching ability. I mean, I th I th of course, I think the big problem about all season defence, Ian, when Vinny left, we've had a drastic defence, you know, players coming in, changes, injuries to the defence. I think we need to settle. You don't see Liverpool changing the back four. We keep talking about them. We've been the best team the last 10 years in the Premier League. But well, you, you've got to keep a solid back four. You know, your full-backs will get forward, get crosses in, also get back and defend. Um, some of the goal, the other goal last night, I mean, Garcia had gone wandering out, Walker was out of position. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't get back on a straight line. The defence, we were all over the place. And I just think he needs to address the problem since Vinny's retired. I do believe he tried to beg him to stay an extra year, but Vinny had made his mind that you know, he was going back to Belgium. And I think that the big thing is he's got to get a, back, a solid back four and start from the back. We've got one of the best keepers in the world, but the back four has to be addressed because without the back four, like all season, we're going to leak goals in. Hey, well, I wrote the book with Vincent Company, of course, on the season last season. And the impression he gave when I was writing that book, Vinny, that is, is that he didn't feel like he was wanted. Uh, that uh, you know, his time at City had come to a conclusion. So, if that's the case, then then you know, Pep surely knew that he had to replace Vinny. Um, didn't do it. We're now looking at Sergio Aguero, who there's no. I don't think anybody would argue he's the best striker the club have ever had. Loved Francis Lee, but and and, and Nicholas and Elka and others, but. Yeah the best striker City have ever had. But he's getting older, he's getting injured, he's yeah. only got one year on his contract. And, and with only one backup striker in Gabriel Jesus, that's another big problem, isn't it? Yeah, massively. I think, um, I've said for like three or four months, I think we need three players. I think we need a, 
Mendy to me, okay, he's had a few good games, but he's not the best defender in the world, uh, Ian. His concentration level goes defensively. Uh, also, Walker, probably on his day, one of the best right backs, but he has like lapses of concentration defensively, picking people up. Um, and then, as you say, Jesus, you know, yeah, he, he plays well one, one week, goes quiet the other. He's not probably got the consistency, even though he's still a young boy, he's still a young man, he's, got, he's, got, he's going to get better. He scored, but he's not going to be an Aguero for me at the moment. I think we need somebody else up front. You know, I think now it's a rebuilding job. Getting back to the situation you just asked me, and I think the owners of the club, yeah, they do, they stick with Pep. I certainly would, but I need, if I was Pep, I'd be saying, let's go for a Dzeko. Let's go for some alternative, like a, not, not go back for Dzeko. We need a centre-forward. Like Bayern have got, what's his name, the big Polish lad? Lewandowski, yeah. Yes, we need we need a, someone. For me, we need someone like that to go with a smaller player like Jesus or, or Guerrero if he's still there. And and and, I, and I've I've changed because you can't have, you know, you can't have all small. How many goals do we score in there when crosses come in? How many how many headers do we score all season? How many goals do we score from set pieces, corners? Hardly any. We've got no alternative. We've got no big guy in the air who's good in the air. Or can or can change and or adapt, just change the game. The, th- the thing is, Peter, I think I think with that, the, there's a lot of fans out there now that see them big strikers as just target men, but they're not target men like like they used to be. They, no, you're right. They, these you're players right. like Lewandowski and Timo Werner, who's gone to Chelsea, they're more dynamic than just you know they're not that one dimensional anymore. Where it's just lump it up to them, they'll hold the ball no. up and smash. It. You know, they're, they're, they're a lot more skillful now. Oh yeah, they've got more technique. I mean, I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm not a massive Harry Kane fan, but look at his goal record. For a tall lad, a big guy, he scores goals, and he's got a bit more to his game. But to, no, you're quite right. What you say, you need you need tall lads who are good in there, but more te- they have got technical ability on the floor. That's what I'm saying. And that that's I, I do agree with Peter Airy, and I think that we, we should be looking at somebody like that. I mean, you always hear City fans pining for Jekyll. I am one of them fans that would that would love to have Edin Jekyll back at at 23, 24, back at the club. Um, and I do think we need somebody like that. Listen, they, they might not start every week. But at least you've got them there for when things aren't going to plan. Yeah, you do need to maybe get a few crosses into the box. It gives you that option. Why not have that option? Um, for me, yeah. I, I agree with Peter. If we're going to play a back four, in my opinion, um, yeah. the way that fullbacks are now, obviously, or, or wing backs as we now call them, and they have always been wing backs, but they were never they were never you know spoken about as as wing backs. No. They're always still asked to defend. Um, we we if we're going to play a back four, we need a right back and a left back. Definitely. With the mould of, of, of Pablo Zabaleta, that, that yeah. is an out-and-out out defender, can venture forward, but primarily focus on defending. Um, Quite. In my, in my, sorry for interrupting you. In my day, I played with two of the best full-backs in the world, with Willie Donachie and, and Glyn Pardo. And, you know, in those days, and it's not changed much from today, your main prerogative is to defend. If you can defend and you're quick and you're a full-back, anything else after that is a bonus. Whereas now, full-backs are coming forward creating, playing one-two, supporting the wide men. We've got plenty of width, plenty of players who can play wide, like Mares and Sterling. And, you know, we had Sane not long ago. Unfortunately, we've lost Sane. But we have width. We have width. But then your fullbacks are coming forward to support them. And they can equally cross a ball. I mean, I've got to say it, the two at Liverpool are the best two fullbacks in the country. Why? Because they're fit. They get up and down the park. And they deliver great balls in the box. They can score free kicks, set pieces. We haven't got two like that. And what Walker this season, Peter? I don't know if you agree with me here, but Walker this season defensively has been a lot better than he has been in the last couple of seasons. Remember a game against Crystal Palace at the start of the season, which was one of his one of his poorest games in the City shirt, in my opinion, defensively. Yeah. But overall, I think he's been quite good. The only thing yeah. with Kyle Walker is I often feel that his pace is the thing that saves him defensively a lot of the time because because you know tackling wise he's not he's not fantastic one on one. I don't really fancy him unless obviously he relies on his pace. But with that. Um, Back four, I think we need two out-and-out defensive um, right-backs and left-backs just to, to just to primarily focus on defending that can yeah. get forward. I remember Zabaleta and Nasri had an amazing relationship years ago. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, we, I think it might be four players, actually. It might be two full-backs, another top-notch centre-half, and then another top striker. Because, as, as Ian just said, alluded to before, you know, when's Aguero good? What's he going to be like after his injury? You know, how long has he got left at City? Been a wonderful servant and a wonderful, wonderful player like David Silva. But, you know, it's a rebuilding. Whether whether we do stick with Pep or we bring another coach in, 
it is a bit of a tweak in the job now, like Alex Ferguson across the road for 20 years with Man U. You retweak the team every four or five years. And I think, as you say, a lot of these lads are going. Like company's gone. David Silva's gone. Aguero, you know, we've got to retweak the team now and, and, and bring the quality in to, to, to carry it on. I actually Peter. do think... Sorry, Ian. Uh, I'm, all I was going to say was, um, Peter, um, thanks very much for coming on because I know you've, you've got to go somewhere now. So really appreciate you coming on and giving your views. Um, always, always nice to talk to you, Pete. Thanks very much. Pleasure, Ian. Nice to see mm -hmm. Nice to meet you as well. And all the best, Ian. Hope it goes well. See you soon, mate. Cheers, mate. So that's Peter Barnes, um, who obviously is going to leave us now. We will hear from Rodney Marsh in just a moment or two. Um, but obviously, we've still got Harlan. And in a moment or two, we're going to be joined by Amy, by Louisa, by Andy. So a few more views here. Um, let me ask you while I've got you on your own, Harlan, before we hear from Rodney Marsh. Another subject which... Um, uh, the, the trouble is when you broach a subject, um, then the, the concern is that people think I've got an agenda. I'm just asking questions. And based obviously on lots of people that I talk to, the number of City fans that I talk to on Twitter and Facebook and everything like that is mm -hmm. just unbelievable. I'm really appreciative of, of people's comments. Mm -hmm. One of the names that crops up is Edison. Um, Edison, who is, is praised by every commentator and everybody says what great passing he's got but I watched the game last night and I thought well you know would would a Schmeichel would a would a De Gea at his best would would a great goalkeeper at the very top when you're trying to win the Champions League have actually got City out of trouble when they made mistakes in that game last night and when there was a one-on-one -on -one against him by uh, Bamiyang in the FA Cup semi-final I thought as soon as Bamiyang broke away, he'll score here. And the same thing last night, one of the shots went through his legs. Um, you know, and, and I wonder whether this is being super critical because the guy is undoubtedly a good goalkeeper and he won the Golden Glove. But at that very, very top level, don't you need one of those goalkeepers that is breathtaking, that gets you out of trouble now and again? And is Edison that man? Well, I remember just after they'd scored the third goal, um, I think Edison came out again, didn't he, to try and clear the danger. Um, and I think it might have been... Um, he wasn't on the pitch now. I think it might have been Kyle Walker. He was screaming at him, saying, get back in there. You know what I mean? We're 3-1 down now. Get back in there. Just stay where you are now. You coming forward, this could end up four or five. Stay where you are. And I, and I, and I think that the players started to get a bit frustrated last night with his positioning. Um Distribution-wise, Edison's, without a doubt, probably one of, if not the best goalkeeper in the world in that sense. Almost plays as a sweeper, almost plays as part of a back three, I think I saw on a picture the other week. Looks like he's playing as a, as a centre-back. But, um, yeah, goalkeeping-wise, Ian. Um, Shot-stopping-wise, I've seen him pull off some great saves. The consistency of them saves is questionable. Um, and goalkeeping-wise, he's probably not in the same mould. And I mean goalkeeping-wise as in, like, you know, the old-fashioned goalkeepers that are expected to catch a ball, which is what I reckon he should have and could have done with that third goal last night. He could have caught that instead of parrying it back out into danger. Whether that had left us with enough time to get a second after Sterling had missed, I'm not too sure, but at least it would have put us in a better position. Um, not the same old as a Buffon or a Cassius uh, of yesteryear, uh, even a Bert Troutman, if you want to call it that. I know Bert wasn't probably as good with his feet as Edison is, and that's going way back before my time. But a goalkeeper that had going head first, that had put himself on the line to make sure that he caught the ball or grabbed the ball or, or even if he got a kick in the head, which is obviously uh, why Burt broke his neck in that, that cup final because he was more bothered about collecting the ball than he was about his own physical health at that moment in time. But listen, I, I really, really like Edison. I've got a lot of time for him. But um, in big games like that, when your defence is breached, the goalkeeper is the last line of defence and... I'm in agreement with you and I find it you know, hard to criticise him sometimes. But um, last night, when, when all three of them you know, players went through and even when Corner whipped that one round him, I thought his positioning was poor for that one. The second one, I thought he was suspect. And the third one, the parry was just ridiculous goalkeeping. And I think there is an argument to say that he could be blamed for all three goals, but alongside the players that made errors defensively and alongside Pep, who, who for me picked the wrong team last night. But I can see his reasons for picking the team. It just didn't come off. 
Right, next up, we've heard from Peter Barnes. Let's hear from Rodney Marsh. Uh, Rodney Marsh, of course, a City player uh, of great esteem, in my opinion, anyway, a flamboyant player of the past who always has an opinion. These days he's on Sirius in America. Um, I talked to him quite a lot, actually, about uh, uh, City. And I've been talking to him about the game and where the Blues go from here. This is what he had to say. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, thought, I thought, Ian, overall, there were... Um, many, many negatives and very few positives. Now, I usually say the other way around when I talk about Man City, but I thought right from the start, I thought the preparation um, where people were speculating about uh, systems and who was going to play where and the fact that they play Phil Foden as their false nine in the last game against Real Madrid goes on the bench uh, you know, back in the shadows, uh, the system up front with, um, you know, it, do you know what, Ian, I was, I was struggling to try and find the system, um, whether it was like a Christmas tree or five at the back or three at the back, uh, no wide right player from the kickoff. Um, so all those things were negatives because it never really, it never really got going. Um, and as the game went on, I think individual performances were poor by the players several poor performances, getting caught out of position at the back many, many times. Um, Raheem Sterling missing from four or five yards out and an open goal tapping. Um, these things happen, but they happen in the Champions League. You know, you, you're going to be punished. And overall, I thought it was a negative night rather than looking for any positives that I could see. Let's name some names then. I mean, a lot of City fans are saying that Pep got it completely wrong and it's not the first time in the Champions League that he tinkers too much, that he was too respectful, if you like, too defensive-minded and that fundamentally the problem was that that wasn't a Pep team performance and that they ought to have attacked more. Is Pep responsible for that performance? Yes, um, because he picks the team, he makes the substitutions, he dictates tactics... Um, and he got it spectacularly wrong. Um, now, I've, you know me, and I've, I've been praising Pep Guardiola since he's been at Man City, and before, by the way. I think he's a bit of a genius, but even geniuses can outthink themselves sometimes. I said the same thing about Malcolm Allison, if you remember back in the day. M Malcolm, in the end, started to outthink himself, and, and uh, that's what happened. Now, individually, I thought the two central defenders early on uh, actually, it was three, but the two that I would pick on, actually, actually, I may even pick on all three of them. Garcia, Fernandinho and uh, Laporte. Um, they all looked vulnerable. They all looked like they, at any given time they could give something away, and they did. Um, and, the, and the first goal, you know, a straight ball down the middle should not beat world-class players, world-class defenders, and it did. Um, so all of that, I would name names. I would name names throughout the team. Um, Rodri, I had no idea what he was trying to do. Now, maybe you do, Ian. Maybe other people do. Maybe when the articles come out and the writing's done and all that. I had no idea what he was trying to do and what position he was trying to He looked to me as though he was kind of a left-sided midfield player. I, you know, but, but there you go. As we record this now, by the time people hear it, see it, they will have had time to digest and think. And yeah. sometimes the reaction, once you've had a few hours to calm down after yeah. being angry and upset the night before as a City fan, uh, becomes a little bit different. And there will be one camp that says, come on, Pep's a genius. He, last season he won three domestic trophies. He's just yeah. won back-to-back -back leagues and was second in the league this year. Won the League Cup, FA Cup semi-final, Champions yeah. League Cup, Cup quarter-final. He's still a genius. There's another lot saying, get rid. He's, he's never going to win City the Champions League. You know, what, what's the, the true assessment of him now? Well, I'll give you my uh, definition. And, uh, by the way, Ian, again, you've known me for a long time. Every fan has the right to, for their opinion. Uh, it, you know, how they see it when they go and speak to their families and friends, it's, they have that right. My opinion is, is Pep Guardiola is a genius of a coach. Um, nothing's changed my mind. I, I don't have knee-jerk reactions. Uh, I've never done that. Um, 
and this is one dreadful result. Now, do you throw the, the baby out with the bathwater because of one dreadful result against Leon? And going into the game, by the way, I, I looked at Paddy Power. Um, Man City were one to five. They were five to one on in a two-horse race. That's devastating when you lose. That's devastating. But point number two is a football club, and, and this, is, this is what fans won't know, okay? Um, you will, because you've been around football clubs, you know, Man City Football Club all your life. A football club isn't in isolation. You don't do things in isolation at a football club. There'll be a committee of people above Pep. There'll be people above those people. And it's not a Pep is responsible for everything. He is team-related on the day. But Ian, Man City never replaced Vincent Company. Now, you can argue everything else I've said. You can't argue that. No, nobody could argue that Man City did not replace Vincent Company. The same as Manchester United never replaced Roy Keane. The Arsenal never replaced Patrick Vieira. Uh, and they've suffered the consequences. Now, Man City never replaced uh, Vincent Company. That was a mistake. Who made that mistake? I don't know. Was it the hierarchy? Was it the owners? Was it the, the executives? Was it the committee? Was it Pep saying, I, I need other players? Um, and don't forget, they brought in John Stones, uh, quite a big fee for John Stones as well, who was going to be the future. Remember that conversation we had? Remember John uh, uh, Brennan, the guy from, was it John Brennan? The guy from Stuart, the Stuart Brennan. Stuart, yeah. Stuart, thank you, Ian. Uh, Stuart uh, Brennan saying that he's going to become the next Bobby Moore. Well, no, no, that didn't work out. And you have to change things when things don't work out. Like they signed Mangala. Do you remember they signed Mangala? He's going to be the... Well, no, things don't work out. So it's not in isolation. It's not Pep in isolation. Pep is still the genius coach. But Ian, I want to say this one more time. Even genius managers, even genius coaches, they screw up sometimes and they make big mistakes. I'll give you an example. Brian Clough one of the greatest managers ever in football. At the end of his career, he lost the plot, completely lost the plot. So it happens. Now, is Pep Guardiola at that point? No, no. Pep Guardiola is still a young enough man to reorganise and start again and uh, go on and, and be the genius that he is. But he, he's not immune from criticism when you screw up like they did last night. Without sounding over dramatic, and I hope I'm not by saying this, it feels like Pep is at a bit of a crossroads though with City. He has one year of his contract to go as it stands. Um, he hasn't yet committed to a longer contract. Yeah, his new assistant point. came in with one year, um, so he didn't come in on a longer contract. His assistant came in on one year. Um, Aguero's got a year to go. Uh, Garcia has a year to go. This is Eric, uh, and says he won't sign a new contract. And I started to hear rumours around about the turn of the year that Pochettino was being lined up to replace Pep Guardiola either this summer or at the end of his contract. What feels very important to me now is that any new player that's coming in, if they're going to go for a, a bigger names than, than Ake, um, you know, I know, I know Ake and um, you know, the new winger are, are decent players, but if they're going to really go in for rebuilding this side, which some people have suggested, at the core of all that needs to be um, an awareness that Pep is going to be there for a bit longer. Is that crucial that Pep signs a new contract? And because he's got to read, there's a few things. I mean, he's got to yeah. sign the new Aguero, hasn't he? And um, you know, there's a, a few new players need to come in. Well, um, your question in isolation is a great question. Um, and that is, what is the philosophy? I mean, you didn't say this, but you're, what, you, what you're hinting at is, what is the philosophy of Manchester City Football Club? Because this isn't a one-year turnaround. You bring in uh, Ferran Torres, you bring in Ake. Are they going to make Man City a Champions League winning team? No, they're not. They will add to the squad and they'll be better for the squad. Um, and the, but I looked at it last night. And the reason it's such an important question is, I looked at it last night and I thought, there's, oh, in that team, David Silva 
is retiring from uh, from Man City. He's going to go and play in Lazio, apparently. But um, David Silva is gone. Leroy Sane is gone. You lost Vincent Company last year, never to be replaced, and that, that's that's crucial. Um, and I looked at the team last night, and I thought there's only five players in this team that I would call world class players. And you could probably you could probably if you look at Bayern Munich and look at Man City, there's a chasm of difference in the quality. Now, that's just my opinion, by the way. Um, Who are the five, by the way? Uh, obviously, Kevin De Bruyne. Who are the other well, four? Well, I, I looked at it and uh, I had Edison. Is, is Having said that, he had probably his worst game for Man City last night. I mean, he never spills that shot, Ian. He never spills that, does he? He never... Um, and I think he got caught out of, possession, uh, out of position several times. In one, in one time, I don't know if you remember this, he came from across and was completely in no man's land. And I think it was Fernandinho got ahead to it, but he was in no man's land. He was like halfway between the cross and the, and the header. Um, so I think he was poor last night, but I think Edison would be number one. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne would be number two. I look around... Um, Oh my goodness, I'm struggling now. I'm struggling to look at world-class players. I had it last night as five, but um, maybe maybe it's two. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, the key, the last question I'm going to ask you on this is: yeah. How crucial is Pep staying to, to City's future? Well, I disagree with everybody that says that the one-year contract, where he can change it around, is the way to go. I would take it so far as to say this. Now, this might sound outrageous. I would sit, if I was the owner, whoever makes that decision, Sheikh Mansour or whoever the committee is and the executives and the suits and all that, I would sit down with Pep Guardiola and say, Pep, I want you to sign a new three-year contract. And if you don't sign a new three-year contract, we'll get somebody else. Because I'll tell you why I say that, Ian, because there's a rebuild in place now. There's a rebuild. You have to, I mean... I look at the, the, the better teams around the world in terms of Champions League. I look at Liverpool. Liverpool Football Club is better organised at the moment than Man City. I hate to say that, but it's true. Bayern Munich, probably the best organised football club in the world, have gone out and they've bought this boy, got this boy, the Canadian boy, Alfonso Davies, who looks to me like a proper world-class footballer. What has City done in the last three years in the left-back position? So there you go. Well, that was Rodney Marsh. Um, strong views, as always, from him. Uh, as well as Harlan, I've now been joined by Amy and Louisa, who are two more of the uh, Forever Blue regulars. You heard what Rodney had to say then. Let me, let's set score ladies first here on the basis that we haven't heard from Amy and Louisa yet. Um, Louisa, do you want to tell us what you thought of, of what Rodney had to say? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that I can pretty much agree with most of what he said in that, um, you know, conversation that you've had. Um, I was very dubious before the match anyway with that choice, even though, you know, I'm no expert, I'm no football coach or manager. Uh, but from, you know, those choices that have been made previously, I just didn't feel confident that it was the best choice for that particular game. Such a big game, such an important game. And I felt that there were players on the bench uh, to start with that shouldn't have started on, you know, they should have started on, on the pitch, not on the bench. So, um, you know, there were various points that, that he did make about, you know, there were many negatives, very few positives. I mean, there are some positives and I'm sure that we'll talk about them as well at some point. <laughs> um, you know, he was right about the system. Uh, they didn't feel like there was one to me didn't feel like we had as much width as what we have done previously. And um, I've, you know, I, I, so I, I'm a bit of a broken record, I think, sometimes, because sometimes the style that we play when we're holding the ball up and being patient and, you know, doing all those sort of, you know, 40-odd passes, that works for some games and against some teams. And then if the game isn't quite going the right way, good to start off that way you know let's read the game see what's happening then I feel that we need to be the type of team that then goes on the break 
that is launching balls over while our fastest players are running like hell down the pitch, you know, and striking that goal and hitting that goal. I don't even know how many goal attempts we had. Uh, I don't think it was that many. You know, we weren't striking on goals. So there was a lot wrong with that. And I also, uh, you know, he was right about Sterling missing uh, the goal. Um, Jesus also missed a sitter as well. Um, you know, and they're both paid to score goals at the end of the day. There was a lot of individual poor performances. And um, again, can I suggest that the most damning two things that, that Rodney said, and maybe Amy can, can come in on this one, the two most damning things that Rodney said were when I asked him, you know, how many players City needed, he said at first five. And then when it came to the reality, um, he went with Kevin De Bruyne, maybe Edison, and then changed his mind a bit and stopped at that. That's quite damning. And he also suggested that City should, um, I don't think I misquoted him by saying this, just say to Pep, right, we want you to sign a three-year contract. If you don't sign it, then we need to move on to somebody else. Those are two strong views. What do you think of them? Yeah, I'd, you know, I, I'd be upset if Pep went. I really would. Um, I do think he's a brilliant manager, but there is something when it gets to this stage in the Champions League, he starts messing about, and I don't, I don't get his philosophy on it. Like, I think I've said it before: why fix something that's not broken? Play the team that played well. Like, I don't understand why he didn't play Phil. I don't understand why he didn't play David Silver. It's David Silver's last game. Like, why didn't he just like give him a, you know? however long or whatever, bringing him on, right? He, he'd leave substitutes right till, like, the last minute. You know, we we one nil down. He should start sorting things out, getting people ready and everything and seeing if something can happen. Poor Kev was running around like an headless chicken last night. I felt so sorry for him. Um, you know, it's just it just seems to me that something seriously goes wrong when we get to, when we get to the, this thing. It's like... Oh great, we, we're there, and then we go. Oh God, we are there, and everyone starts having a panic attack. And you know, he is—he is, like Rodney says, he is a genius. And yeah, people do get things wrong, and I just want to know what his what his thinking is when he gets to these high stages. Look what happened in the FA Cup. It looked like we were we couldn't be bothered. And I felt again last night. If Garcia doesn't want to play, then why play him? He didn't play Leroy Sane, so why play Garcia? You know, it just doesn't. It just doesn't make sense to me. We have, you know, yeah, we miss. We're definitely missing Aguero. We're definitely missing him. We're missing that strike force. We're definitely missing Vinny. There is certain pockets, and I've said it before. There is certain pockets in our team that that need help. Whether it's confidence, I don't know. But if there's something going on behind closed doors, it's seriously affecting the mindset of the lads, and I think it needs sorting. Harlan. Amy, Louisa, um, I spoke um, to Peter Barnes, obviously, before, and I was saying to him that, you know, I, I, I agree that Pep got it wrong last night, completely agree with that. Um, but at the same time, I don't think he meant to get it wrong. Who would? Um, they, you know, I played Saturday League, Sunday League, obviously, I've said this earlier on the pod anyway, but just, just for your benefit, um, I played Saturday League, Sunday League. I've had coaches turn up last minute, writing a team sheet out on a bonnet, deciding last minute who's playing right back. Pep wouldn't have done that. These players would have known on Wednesday who was playing in this game against Lyon and they would have trained hard in this system, in this style, with a back three to make sure that they were that they were right for the game. I don't know if you both saw earlier in the week. We had a, actually had a training game and it was actually probably 3-5-2 against 3-5-2 in the training game and he probably tried different things within that, within that um, regime to try and see who would court best where. And then he's gone into the game thinking that the players will be able to pull off what they pulled off in training all week. And unfortunately, they weren't at the races when it really mattered. All, all week in training, they might have played really well in that system and that, and that style, playing, playing that way. But on the, on the night when it mattered, they couldn't pull it off. And, and sometimes, you know, it, it, it catches you up. I agree with Amy. I think she's bang on with Ian. Um, sometimes there's too much tinkering done later on in the Champions League. And sometimes you need to just kind of believe in what you've done so far. I don't think I'd have complained if we'd have played the same team as we played against Madrid. Um, I can understand why he went a bit more defensive because they play with wing-backs. But um, another thing I just want to say as well, Ian, people saying that if we'd have beat Leon, 
and played by Munich based on how they played against Barcelona, that we'd have got twonked. Well, I'm not being funny, but we'd have played differently against Bayern Munich because Bayern Munich would have come out and played against us. They would have, they, you know, Hansi Flick wouldn't have set his team up to defend against us because they, 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 it's too explosive to do that. Players like Alfonso Davis, who Rodney mentioned, they would have come at us and we would have found gaps. And, and the chances are we, we might have got a lot more against Munich than we got last night. But overall, last night, there was too many individual mistakes, too many players napping. And I agree with Rodney 100%. And I've said this since the start of the season. We had a podcast with Adam. I think um, Will was there. And, and I think that Matty Dove was there with us as well right at the start of the season when we signed Rodri in. Um, he's not a Fernandinho replacement for me. And he's a very, very talented young footballer, very composed. He'd probably make a better centre-half. Pep turned Mascherano into a centre-half at Barcelona. He could easily do the same with Rodri and have him as an extra centre-half. But in midfield, too slow, too passive. And uh, last night, he was the one running around like an endless chicken. Kevin was doing it because he was trying to help. Rodri was doing it because he didn't have a clue what he was meant to do. And, and that's probably because he maybe didn't switch on enough in training. Given the criticism that Pep has had by a lot of City fans, as well as the media and the ongoing um, criticism and, un and I was going to say unsaid comment, but it is said by a lot of people that he, he can't crack it in the Champions League. The fact that Barcelona's job is likely to be uh, the type of job that he would want to go back to now. Um, the fact that Kevin De Bruyne at this moment in time, as far as I know, hasn't signed a new contract yet. Um, do you worry um, about, you know, about the future? Um, you know, because it's, it's at moments like this when big decisions are made by individuals, by clubs, and it feels as if we're on the verge of a big decision either. Somebody's going to announce that Pep signed a new contract or somebody's going to announce he's gone. Do you worry about that? Any yeah. of you? Yeah, definitely. Definitely worry about it. I mean, my dad said last night after the match, he had, he's just got this feeling that Pep's going to go back to Barcelona. And I was, my dad's quite, you know, pessimistic. He's like, you know, he won't like thingy, but the more and more I think about it, the, you know, maybe he is right. And I'd hate to think that, but, we had this with Mancini, he, you know, he did, he did, he brought the best thing that could ever happen to us back and then they got rid of him. But I know they wanted Pep, but is, you know, I, I definitely think there is something going on and I do, you know, the, it's, it's a bit, the, the, the whole season seems to have been quite, I know obviously we've had COVID and everything and it probably is a bit of tiredness and we're probably all stressing because we've, we've lost, you know, we've lost um, a trophy again. Um, and I hope it is just a, a, a bit of like, everyone's just having a bit of a stress. And I just hope that when it comes to, you know, start of the season, Pep's still there and Kevin's still there and, you know, and, you know, we, we're back on track and we, we're ready to go again to fight for these trophies. Louisa? Um, I, I don't want to see a manager go because we haven't won a specific trophy or we've lost a couple of trophies when we were close to a final or, you know, whatever. But it makes you wonder if this is all Pep has. Is this all, is, you know, what we've seen the last few years? Is he able to change the style of football again? Or is this just his particular style and that's it? And if the answer is yes, then obviously we need a new style of football. We need to surprise the league again. We need to surprise the Champions League again with a new style of football. And that may very well mean a new manager. Um, I obviously suffered through all of those years of how many managers can Manchester City have? You know, 500 later. And uh, it just got worse and worse and worse. And that is definitely not a scenario we need to go down again. But if there's equally as great a reputable manager that has a completely different style, um, then we need to consider changing things because the one and it thing... Might, it might be that it's Pep that makes that decision, by the way. It might not be the fans. It might not be the club. It might be Pep that just decides that you know, he's, he's, he's ready for a change again. I mean, obviously he lost his mother during this terrible COVID thing. Um, does that make, I mean, if, I, if I'm living in another country and I've been away from my mother and then my mother passes away, 
does that make me think why am i what am i doing in another country should i not have been back there does that change his whole concept Obviously, I, I, can, he... I can personally sort of comment on this not i've not lost my mum but my mum's um quite disabled and i've lived overseas on and off for years and the reason why i've never stayed living overseas is because of the relationship i have with my mum you know many times i, I could have stayed permanently uh, in australia or canada wherever i've lived um, and she's still here so it, it's made a massive difference on my personal decisions and life regarding my own mum so there it could be an element of that that you know he he wants to go back home and be at home um, and you know he might not have the heart to think about changing the style anymore and I'll respect any decision that he makes for those personal reasons um, what what I think would be sad is if he is able to change the style of play because he is a genius um, if he takes that somewhere else like Germany or Italy you know he doesn't go back home to Spain um, then that's what might, might leave a bitter taste in fans mouths which is what one or two people have said about David Silva that they've been surprised that he didn't go back home rather than go to Italy. I'm going to let, let the very final word of the final podcast of the season go to Harlan. Um, obviously, we've been here all season. And uh, um, thanks to charleslouis.co.uk, the Chartered Mortgage Advisors, I'm very confident that the podcast will return again at the start of the season. I'll be honest, after this one, I'm going to take a little break. It's not going to be a long break before the season starts again. Um, it's 16th of September is the opening day. I think Cities is going to, sorry, the 12th. Uh, I think Cities is going to be uh, a little later than that because I've been out in Portugal. Uh, but regardless of what happens, whether Pep goes or stays or whatever, uh, I, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to take a break from the, the, the podcast just for a, a little while. Uh, the vlogs are a different thing. You know, I do match day vlogs. At the moment, I'm still waiting to see whether I can find some sort of commercial sponsorship. So that one's still up in the air, but certainly the podcast, I'm sure, um, will return next season. And Harlan is involved in the podcasts, and he's involved in the vlogs. Uh, we talk on the phone. Um, I never get rid of the lad. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to give you the last word, Harlan. Um, what is the future now? What, what, if, you could, if you had a crystal ball in front of you, I'm not asking you now to give your opinion so much but, uh, on what you would do, but if you had a, a, a crystal ball, when we regroup again to do the first podcast of the new season, uh, which I'm sure you'll be part of, do you think Pep will still be at the helm? Do you think uh, three or four, I mean, another window doesn't shut until into October, but would you hope for and expect some new signings? What, what do you think the, the outcome of going out in the Champions League to Leon will be? I'd love to think Pep would still be at the club, Ian. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I think the guy's an absolute genius and, and he's brought us City fans something that we never thought we'd ever see. I never thought I'd see City get 100 points. I never even thought, thought I'd see us lift the trophy under Mancini. Um, and, and, and Pep's just built on what Roberto and, and, and Manuel did and he brought us some of the best football I think we've ever seen. And if it was to all end now and we were to go back down to... To, to, to the lower leagues, just to have experienced it, it's been absolutely magical. Um, if Pep was to stay in the job, Ian, which I think he will, he's gone out and signed for Torres. I think another centre-half will be coming in, whether that's Koulibaly or someone else now, I'm not too sure. He signed Ake as well. I think we'll go back three next year, and that's good. Everyone will say, oh, what do you mean? It didn't work last night. No, I think the, the aim next year is to go back three with, with two really strong centre-halves next to him, Eric. Wing-backs, bring the best out of Mendy, Cancelo and Walker, um, get another striker in and I think the future's bright Ian at the end of the day Champions League is a lottery it's fine margins and at one all in the game against Munich if we'd have gone 2-1 up I think we'd have won the game if we'd have gone 2 all and Sterling scored and it goes to extra time and we score 2-3 and 4 everyone says it's a masterstroke from Pep we go through we might beat Munich because of the gaps then we go into the final against Leipzig say for example all hypothetical now obviously we win it Pep's a genius. He's finally done it. He's finally got the albatross from around his neck. It's fine margins in Champions League, Ian. And I think to, it's sad and it's annoying and I was aggravated as anything last night. But to go all in and start saying that it should be the end for Pep, I think it's a bit over, uh, you know, it's a, bit, it's a bit over the top. Future's bright, Ian. As always, we'll always be forever blue, the lot of us. And it's been a pleasure being on here this year. I love everyone that's, that's part of it. And um, I can't wait to come back. 
uh, next year. And um, if if Pep was to leave, um, I'd go for two. And Louise is, Louise is telling me one of them. Vincent Company for manager. Or um, I'd go Julian Nagelsmann at, um, at Red Bull Leipzig because he's obviously still in the Champions League and he's a quality manager. But future's bright, Ian. We're going to go all out next year. And you know what? Be honest with you. I said it last night on the vlog. If we were to go and win the domestic trouble next year and get knocked out of the group stage in the Champions League, I'm happy because England's where it's all about, Ian. I'll leave you on this bombshell. Um, if Pep does go and he isn't the manager at the start of next season, um, what I'm hearing is it will be Pochettino. Anyway, I'll just throw that one in. Um, thanks very much to charleslewy.co.uk uh, for their support. Really appreciate it. Um, and thanks to them. Fingers crossed. Um, we'll all be back again next season on the podcast. And if you out there run a company, know a company that would like to get involved in keeping the, the Forever Blue vlog going, then uh, I'm on Twitter at Ian Cheeseman. You can direct message me. You can contact me lots of ways. We, we've got a little drop here where carrier pigeons come to the front door and I can take a little pay, piece of paper off the bottom of the leg. You know, if that's the way you want to contact me. Um, but joking aside, um, it's not been... Um, the happiest way to end the season. Um, and, you know, that's what it's like being a football fan. We've seen the ups and downs. I certainly have seen a few. That's why I've got no air left. Um, <laughs> but one thing I never vary away from is that um, whatever happens, win, draw or lose, even when we lost at York City back in uh, 1998, it's great to be a blue. <laughs>